he was not awake. And so uh, they said he wasn't responding at all. But God's good. But uh, I got some more that I'll tell you about in just a minute. But our prayer promise is found in 1 John 2, verse 1. My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Going down our prayer sheet, Baby Margot, Barbara Akers, Roger Baker, Alice Bartlett, Jamie Blankenship, Priscilla Booth, Gwen Brown, Anthony Carter, Barbara Carter, Carver, Danny Chastain, Pearl Childer, Tammy Downey, Jace Driggers, Rick Evans, Cindy Franklin, Hank Fur, Bobby Garner, Sue Glass, John Green, Wilson Griffin, Bud Hager, Barbara Harden, Tom and Vera Harden, Amy Hedgepad, David Hyla, Buster and Cheryl Huckel, Chester and Edna Johnson. Uh, uh, Chester is back in the hospital. She called just a little while ago, so remember him, please. Susan Lorette, Penny Lindsay, Robin Bill Marshall, Francis McCracken, Alden Rosie Montoto, Eddie Delphine Montoto, Gerald Murphy, Linda Murphy and family, Al and Sheila Musto, Laura Odom, Brandon Orndahl, Leroy Marcella Pitts. As I said before, just keep Brother Pitts in prayer, please. Barbara Smith, Sherry Sullivan, Barbara Taylor, Janine Thompson, Bobby Trudell, Ann White, Juanita Wilson, Deborah Woodley. Nursing home of George Collins, Scotty Drake, Lonnie Lindsay, and Glenn Talbot. Unspoken is the Montoto family, Betsy, Jeff Hedgepath. And then for salvation, Bobby Butler and Sons, Kyle Dunn, Jeff Knight, Jordina Maddich, Alan Musto, Samantha Powell, Jamie Spence, John Turner. Called to duty is Kate Nailwood, Thomas Foster, Corey Jones, Lord Reinhold, Daniel Richardson, Josh Taylor, Frankie Wilkerson, Jason Wiggins, Terry Wilson. And then always pray for our president and his staff, our military force and their family. Pray for the peace of Israel, our Congress, first responders, the virus victims, homeless, severe weather victims, and our nation borders. And then our ministry here at the church. I'd ask you to keep my wife in prayer every day, please. And she suffers so much with this stuff she's got. Our missionaries is Ralph Bruins family, Bruce Campbell family, John Garner family, Medical family, Steve Myers family, Bob Petnoff family, J. Ross family, Jim Rumsey family, Jim Stackhouse family, Gil Thomas family, Jason Thomas family, Brother James Booth, Jared Sims, and David Harden. And I pray for Elizabeth. I talked to her today, she called me, and she's at a golf course, and I don't know what she does. She traveled across the country and stayed at these places, and, and uh, it don't cost her anything somehow or another. She buys into something, and she said, what would you like to have for the golf course? And so I told her a few items, and she got them for me. <laughs> and she called and said, I can't bring them now to January, but I'll be back in January, and I'll have them for you. But she got the, she literally got the pro of the golf course talking to me, asking me what I wanted. So I told him, 
So y'all pray for me and her. <laughs> but anyhow, she is, she is something else. She was traveling last year, I think it was. She went to a goat farm and stayed there and milked goats the whole time she was gone. And uh, so I didn't want no goat milk. But anyhow, uh, Mrs. Bartlett's sister, Marie Visa Kane, she's uh, passed away, and I'll have her funeral this coming Tuesday at 10 o'clock on 301 over there. So please remember that family, please. Marie Vescona. And in the hospital, of course, Chester Johnson and Leroy Pitts. And then Brother Booth called and talked with me for quite a while. He's a 59-year-old friend of theirs. Went to the doctor just to get a checkup and found out she got cancer in her brain and throughout her body. And she's just not doing that good, please. So, and then Ronnie uh, has uh, a more, I forgot how they say that, Moe's uh, cancer on his lip and, uh, and somewhere else, I forgot where, but please, he's going to have to have surgery. Pray that he'll go ahead and get that done because that's a very dangerous type of cancer. Is anyone else we need to pray for? I think I got everybody. Yes, ma'am? All right, I got her down here. Don't forget her, please. Y'all doing all right tonight? Still breathing? Amen. Let me pray with you, please. And remember all of these that I've tried to remember and put down. Uh, Heavenly Father, we're so thankful tonight that we got a God that we can come to and approach the throne of grace and know without a doubt you hear us. And we pray for every one of these that we've called out. That's the reason we called them out. We can't remember all of them, Lord, but you know them. And what they're doing, Lord, is asking you to remember them in each condition that they're in. Father, especially Brother Pitts tonight, we'd ask you to touch his body, take care of his heart, Lord, whatever he's got the problem there. And Brother Ronnie, Lord, if you'll take care of the mows on him, we'll praise you for it. But Father, we're so glad tonight to be called one of your children and to know you hear us. Now we ask you to bless the preaching of thy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've been anxious to get here today just to continue our study in the book of Romans, because I love it. And if you would please turn to chapter 11 of Romans. Romans chapter 11, and we'll continue our study. Now remember, I know that we read, we use chapter 10 a great deal when leading people to saving faith in Christ Jesus. Many great verses are given to us in Romans chapter 10 on this matter of receiving Christ as our Savior. And that's to anyone. But uh, what he's primarily talking to in chapter 9, 10, and 11, he's dealing with the nation Israel and God's promises to that nation and God's fairness with his dealings with that nation. And if you look at uh, verse 21 of chapter 10, But to Israel he says, All day long I have stretched forth my hands under a disobedient and gainsaying people. Then he begins chapter 11, I say then, 
Hath God cast away his people? God forbid. For I am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people. What he's saying in verse 1, I'm proof of that. Because he is an Israelite. Talk about Paul. God has not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Watch ye not what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I reserve to myself seven thousand men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more of grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more of grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. What then? Israel has not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election has obtained it, and the rest were blinded. According to the written, God has given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. And David said, Let their table be made a snare and a trap, and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened, that they may not see, and bow down their back always. I say then, have they stumbled, that they should fall? God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles, for to provoke them to jealousy. Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and a diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am uh, the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnifying mine office. I want to stop there now, if I can, please. And beginning in chapter 11 now, in verses 1 through 36, uh, God promises dealing with the nation Israel. The fairness of God's dealing with Israel begins in verse 1 through 10. Paul cites himself as an example in verse 1. Paul then cites history as an example, verses 2 through 10. God's dealing with his believing minority in verses 1 through 6. And then God's dealing with the blinded majority, verses 7 through 10. Then next you have the foresightedness of God's dealing with Israel beginning in verse 11 through 29. God acts disapprovingly beginning in verse 11, verse 22 with the nation Israel. But with a prospection, restoration of Israel in mind, he begins in verses 11 through 16. And with the present redemption of the Gentiles in mind, God acts dispensationally beginning in verse 23 to verse 29. It is within the power of God to restore, to restore the nation Israel then, verse 23 and 24. It is within the purpose of God to restore the nation. His constitutional guarantee, verse 25. His Christology guarantee, verse 26. His contractual guarantee, verse 27 through 29. The fairness of God's dealing with Israel begins in verse 30 through 36. The mercy of God's ways, His mercy to the Gentiles, His mercy to the Jews, His mercy to the world is down through verse 32. Now, I want to begin with verse 33 tonight, please. 
in chapter 11 and verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgment and his ways past finding out. For who had known the mind of the Lord? Or who had been his counselor? Or who has first given to him and shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him and through him and to him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. Now the key to God's promise dealing with Israel is his sincerity. As the solemn promises made to Abraham and his seed concern the Hebrew racial family and the David and his seed concern the Hebrew royal family have not been canceled, only postponed. Zechariah chapter 12. Their fulfillment awaits Christ coming again when the nation will reject him or which rejected him will hail him as their Messiah and kinsman redeemer during his second coming. Now, during this present age, God is offering salvation to Jew and Gentiles alike on an individual basis. I've said this over and over, and I can prove it by the Word of God. I don't care who you are or for what country you're from or what denomination you are. If you want to come to Christ, you can. God's made a way through His grace. Don't matter if you're a Jew, a Gentile, whatever you call yourself. You can come individually to the Lord Jesus Christ. The theme of Romans chapter 11 is not the church. It is a Jewish nation. And that's where a lot of people and a lot of preachers get mixed up in chapters 9, 10, and 11 in Romans. They try to put these promises and these dealings that God is dealing with the nation Israel, they try to put it over onto the church. That's not true. Now, uh, the Christian is not heir to distinctive Jewish promises, but is rather the heavenly seed of Abraham. Now, let me give you something. When I die, I'm going to heaven. Amen? I'm a heavenly creature. And the Bible says that we're gonna, that He made a holy city for you and I. But if you'll study uh, Genesis 15, verses 5 and 6, Galatians 3, verses 8 and 29, you'll find that God made to Abraham a promise that he would be an earthly person, uh, nation. The Christian is also a partaker of the spiritual blessings of the Abraham covenant uh, in Genesis 15, verse 18. The Jew, on the other hand, is God's earthly people. And the great promises of the Old Testament concerning a literal earthly kingdom will he yet fulfill Romans chapter 11. Now look at verse 29. For the gift and calling of God without repentance. In other words, God doesn't change his mind. If God told the nation Israel way back in Abraham's day, I'm going to give you this earth. This earth belongs to you. God ain't changed his mind about that. God cannot change his mind. If he makes a promise, it has to stand. God does not change his mind. Now, in chapter 11, Paul sets forth the fairness, the foresightedness, and the faithfulness of God in his dealings with his people Israel. The fairness of God's dealing in verses 1 through 10. Now, Paul begins by showing that God deals with people on fixed principles. Moreover, his overruling government is ever mingled with grace. 
Paul cites himself as an example. Remember who Paul was. Paul was Saul. He persecuted the church. He believed in the law. He believed in the Hebrew ways and everything about the Israelite law. But now he's saved by the grace of God. And he sets himself up as an example. And God's not throwing away his people. Paul cites history beginning in verse 2. Uh, look at chapter 11 now in verse 2. God has not cast away his people which he foreknew. Watch ye not what the scripture saith of lies, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying. Now watch this, please. Paul cites himself, number one. Then he cites history. Paul next decides, Jews, uh, decides, choose into, uh, or describes Jews into two classes a believing minority and a blinding or hardened, hardened majority. Paul wants his brethren, according to the flesh, to see God deals with the Jews have been fair and perfectly consistent. The believing minority, God's dealing with this believing remnant, is based upon his fathomless wisdom. Now look at verse 2, and we read it a few minutes ago, but I'd just like to bring it back to you in verse 3. Lord, they have, and he talks about, that here's a man that thought he was the only one that was serving the Lord. And God said, no, you're not. I have a remnant. I have stepped out over yonder in the cave. And it's the same thing today. Uh, people think they're the only one that God loves. No, all over this world. It's not Brandon Heights. It's not Brandon Fellowship. It's not the First Baptist Church of Brandon. It's not the Catholics or nobody else. It's God's called out believers that believe in Him all over the world. We're not the only ones. It's serving the Lord. The believing minority, God deals with believing remnant on based on His fathomless mercy and wisdom and His finished work. Now look at verse 5 and 6. Even so then, at this present time, also there's a remnant according to election of grace. And if by grace there no more works, in other words, now watch this please, it's very important. His finished work is, it's by grace. If anybody gets saved at all, I don't care if you're a Jew or a Gentile, you're going to get saved by the grace of God. No other way. Now, turn with me please uh, to 1 Kings chapter 19. Let's back up for just a minute. 1 Kings uh, chapter 19. And I want to begin reading verse 12. 1 Kings 19 in verse 12. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a small, a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the inner end of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou hear, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. Because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenants, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Return on, on to Damascus, and so on. And then he explained to him, I have, verse 18, Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all in each which have not bowed to Balaam. Now go back with me, please, to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. 
And I want you to look at verse 5 and 6 again. Verse 5 and 6. So then, at this present time, also there's a remnant according to the election of grace. What he's talking about, God's dealing with Israel, it were based not only on a fathomless wisdom, but also on a finished work. God's remnant has always been those who have uh, accepted the principle of salvation by faith through grace. Now, I've been around preachers, and I've been studying behind Bible students that's supposed to know what they're talking about, and they want to say in the Old Testament, the, the Old Testament saints got saved one way, and the New Testament saints get saved another way. And they go back talking about the ark, and they try to explain it, and, and uh, the Abraham, and he went by works, he offered his son up, and, and so on. And they try to say by, in those days, they were saved by works by bringing the blood sacrifices before the altar and shedding their, and, and so forth. That's not true. Now, I want to show you something. You don't get saved by works. You get saved by obeying what God told you to. I was just reading this week all over again, Naaman, and the conversion of Naaman, and Naaman uh, had leprosy. And that's a type of salvation. Sin in the Bible is a type of uh, leprosy, is a type of sin in the Bible. So here's a sinner, and he, he comes, and uh, a little maiden said, I wish to God he was over to my uh, man, uh, man of God from my country. He would recover the leprosy from him. In other words, God. And if you go to God, God can recover it to it. And make his story short, just getting down to the end of it, Naaman went before, finally, he went before uh, Elijah, and he said, Elijah, and Elijah said to his servant, go out and tell him to go dip in the Jordan seven times and come up. And he went away angry, the Bible says. And he thought, and this is what the Bible says, I thought, that he would strike with his hand on my head and recover the lepers. See, that's the way the Jews are, anybody else today. That's why there's so many denominations. You know why? I thought, instead of what God said. God told him to go jump in the river seven times and come up. But he thought, that's, I got a better way. And that's exactly what. Now what? God still dealt back then. If you go study, the Bible says that Noah obeyed God. That's where salvation begins. He obeyed God. He did exactly what God told him to do and built that ark exactly by the dimensions and everything that God told him to. He obeyed God. That's obedience. That's grace. And God saved him all the way through the Bible. You find that principle. The principle is that whoever you are, if you'll come to God on His Word alone, and say, Lord, I believe what you're saying is true, and I accept you as my Savior, and I know you'll save me by your grace. I don't have to do anything. You've done it all for me. God will save that soul. And I don't care who you are. And that's what Romans chapter 11 is all about. He's dealing with everybody alike in the same way. But wait a minute. Does that mean then that all of Israel is saved? No. Only those that believe. Only those that trust Christ by faith alone are they saved. Well, he's going to throw away his nation in. No, he's not. Because he's made a promise to that nation. That is God's nation. 
And He's coming back one day, and the Bible says in a day that nation will be born again and come back to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's in the future. And I'm so thankful we're in a day of grace. Amen? Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray that You'll go with us and watch over and keep us. I thank You so much for answered prayer already this day. But Lord, if You'll guard Your people, we'll be thanking You for everything You do for us. In Jesus' name we pray.